Heavenly Father, we are here for you today, Lord. God, we ask that you open our ears, open our eyes, God, open our hearts to just fully receive what it is that you want to speak to us today, God. And Lord, I ask that it is not my words that we hear, God, but it is your words spoken through me. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So today, I want to talk about the dark, the rough, the chaotic, and the sometimes evil parts of our life that we go through. I think we can all agree that life is hard and that bad things do happen, and oftentimes we allow those things to shape the way that we think as well as the way that we feel. For instance, a personal difficulty that I had to work through was the death of my father at a very early age for me. He passed away when I was still very young, and I only know him through photos and through memories that my family members share with me through the stories that they tell. And a part of me still mourns the loss of him and wishes that I could know him more personally. And this has brought a lot of tears, a lot of negative emotions, just a lot of trouble in my life. But honestly, we can see dark seasons of life all throughout human history. People have experienced some type of bad or evil thing ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden where sin entered into the world as we know it. And just because we're Christians, that doesn't mean that we get this like difficult, get out of difficulties free card or anything like that. All throughout scripture, we see the people of God go through some type of struggle or some type of suffering. And the story that I want to really focus on today is Joseph's story. Joseph was a man of God and a prophet that could interpret dreams to understand what God was speaking through them. And even though he was Jacob's favorite son, he went through some very horrible things because of his family. We see the start of darkness in Joseph's life soon after Jacob made a very ornate, a very special robe for him. In Genesis 37, chapter 37, verse 4, tells us that when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and they could not speak a kind word to him. I want you to imagine the emotional pain and sorrow that Joseph experienced from living with his own family that couldn't even say a nice word to him. And then later on, we see that Joseph was sent out by his father one day to check on his brothers and the flock that they were tending. But they saw Joseph coming from a distance. And that's when they gathered together and plotted to kill him. But thankfully, after some discussion... They decided instead to take and sell Joseph into slavery, which in their mind was a little bit better than death. They took that special robe that their father had made for Joseph, and they dipped it in goat blood so that they could lie to their father and say that he was attacked by a wild animal and killed. Led by hatred, Joseph's brothers wanted him completely out of their life, and they didn't care what happened to him as long as the blood wasn't technically on their hands. And Joseph must have felt ashamed, alone, completely scared. And that's only some of the trauma that he experienced. He was also physically abused, derobed, and thrown down into a pit before being sold into slavery. But while being a slave, things did start to look up for Joseph. 
Because we see in Genesis that when his master Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his entire household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. But just as things are starting to look up for Joseph and he's living the best life that a slave could, Potiphar's wife accuses him of something that he didn't commit. Joseph was unable to prove his innocence, and then he was thrown into jail. So now, not only had Joseph been sold into slavery, but here he is becoming a prisoner. Joseph has hit the lowest of lows in his life, and he was finally starting to have some good, but then it was all stripped away. And during the days that he spent in jail... Joseph probably questioned and maybe even doubted God's promises to him. And he probably dwelt on negative thoughts such as, will I ever be free? Is this what my life is going to be like from now on? Is my life over? How many of us have sat in a darkened jail cell like Joseph? Now, it might not be a literal cell, but I'm sure there's plenty of us here who have been imprisoned by thoughts like these. And while preparing this sermon a song popped into my head and some of the lyrics are a cross Cross meant meant to kill kill is my victory. So that kind of made me step back and think, what does that mean? A cross meant to kill is my victory. The Roman Empire used the horror of crucifixion as one way to keep conquered populations in line. They did this by executing criminals and rebels that were slaves and others from the lower classes by the thousands. In our modern day and age, we often forget that crucifixion was about much, much more than just physical pain. Being hung on a cross was an act of violation, public humiliation. It was enforced control over someone, and it was a terrible form of torture. The victims were typically stripped naked and beaten in the public eye. The condemned were forced to carry the crossbeam themselves to the waiting upright part of the cross from which they would be hung. Mockery and insults were yelled at them all along that path that they walked. The crucifixion process was carefully arranged to maximize both mental and physical suffering and draw out the time that it took for someone to pass away which sometimes took days on end. The dead were often left out on the cross in the public view so that everyone, saw, so that everyone who saw them would be dissuaded from going against the Roman Empire. And thinking of the cross this way makes it kind of odd that we see crosses everywhere as jewelry, necklaces, earrings. We see it as bumper stickers on cars. We see it all over T-shirts. We have it here in our worship center. We have it outside on the church building. But we do this because the cross now represents the final sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for each and every one of us here today. We display the empty cross because we know that the tomb was empty so that our hearts and our lives can be full, so that we can be cleansed, restored and justified before God. Thankfully, God took this symbol of punishment and death that was meant for pure evil and he turned it into something good that Christians now display proudly. He turned an instrument of death into a symbol that represents the greatest gift for us all, 
a cross meant to kill, that's our victory. The beauty behind the cross is the reminder of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and his victory completely over sin and death. The cross now represents forgiveness, victory, redemption, hope, and life everlasting in the presence of God Almighty for all those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ. God took what people had meant for evil and turned it into the best news that we could possibly hear. Jesus died so that we may live and he invites us into his victory over sin and death. We see God working in the dark parts of life and bringing good out of it all throughout scripture and even in our lives today. Romans 8.28 tells us that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I wanna say that again, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That includes the sad parts of our life, the depressing parts of our life, the dark parts of our life, the evil parts that we experience. God is working in every single aspect. Joseph being sold into slavery and having his father believe that he had died, that wasn't the end of his story. He ended up in a few more unfortunate circumstances, but he kept his eyes on God and God was with him the entire time. Joseph went from being a slave to being in charge of his master's household. And some lies were told about Joseph and he was thrown into jail in Egypt. But God was with him. And Joseph ended up overseeing all those that were held in prison. And it was in the darkness of jail that Joseph's gift of prophecy was made more well-known and his God-given ability to interpret dreams had got the attention of the Pharaoh himself. And this led to Joseph being asked to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams, which helped the entirety of Egypt prepare for a famine and it saved countless lives. Because of this God-given gift to interpret dreams, Joseph was released from prison and he became the vizier, which was the second in command in Egypt. After all of this, when Joseph was reconnected with his brothers, they were worried that he would get revenge for what they did to him. Instead, we see that Joseph says, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. Joseph kept his eyes set on God and God was with him the entire time through his deepest, darkest valleys of his life. Can you imagine the joy, the excitement and relief that Joseph felt here, especially after all the turmoil that he had been through? He went from isolation and shame to being surrounded by people who looked up to him. He went from despair and probably thinking that he was gonna spend the rest of his life as either a slave or a prisoner to hope for a beautiful life, not only for himself, but for his family and their children, all while serving God. It's awesome, encouraging, and it's inspiring what God did with the cross as well as for Joseph. But 
how do these events relate to us today? It's really hard to see how something that is hurtful, saddening, or even purely evil like a cross can be worked in and have good come out of it that glorifies God, especially if we're currently going through something and we're blinded and can't see how God is working in the midst of it. I had mentioned that with my father passing away early in my life, it was tough on me. How could good come from a family member dying? As we deal with the death of a loved one, there's so much sadness and grief to process, and the last thing on our mind is how God is gonna make something good come out of it. The immediate good that we can see, though, and hold fast to is the fact that the person who's died gets to spend eternity in the presence of the Father. They're taken away from earthly sin. They're taken away from the suffering, the pain. They're fully healed, fully loved, fully known. On the other hand, the ones still alive are left here on this earth mourning the loss of their loved one. And years after my father passed away, my mother remarried, and I gained not only a stepfather, but also two stepbrothers. And in the merging of two different and broken families, God showed me a reflection of his power, of his healing, and his persistent love. Seeing the love of a step-parent for a stepchild pointed me to God's love for us. There was a lot of times that my stepbrother stressed my mom out and made things very difficult for her. But the fact that she continued to love them through the hard times and remained faithful to the call of being their mother was the perfect example to me on how God pursues us in love even in the midst of such difficult times for us. It reminded me of what is said referring to Jesus in John chapter one, verse 12, that says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Me and my stepbrothers becoming children of our stepparents is an earthly reflection of what happens when we become children of God. We're accepted into this new family, surrounded in love, not just in the good times, but also in the bad. And time and time again, in the entirety of scripture, we see God working through darkness, through chaos and through evil to bring about good for those who keep their eyes on him. Anytime we experience evil or suffering, we can look to the story of Joseph or we can look to the cross and see that even in our pit, in our isolation, in our sadness, in our prison, whatever that may be for you, God is in the midst of it and he's working. Thankfully, we can look to the cross. And we no longer see a symbol of death, but we see a representation, a beacon of hope in our darkness and see that God will take this pain and sorrow and work within it to bring about good. So in these times of despair, God is calling us to hope and trust in him and his process of moving in and working through the evils that we face. Today, we have the opportunity to pray to lament, to mourn, but also to trust in God and the active work that he is doing in all of our lives. He's working 
through all the evils that we face. The events in scripture and the cross itself reminds us that God is present in whatever we are going through. And we should keep our eyes on God just like Joseph did when he was in the pit and when he was in jail. Today, we get to lean in to God's promise that he will work it all out for your good. God will take that pit that you're in. God will take that jail cell. God will take whatever darkness is pulling you down and work in the midst of it to bring about good that just glorifies him. Thanks be to God.